You are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Right Off the Bus. Thank you for joining my wonderful co-host, Pat and I, for episode number 25 on this wonderful Wednesday, June 16th. Pat, excited to get into it as always, man. There are a lot of sports. We got the Euros. We got the NBA playoffs continuing. We got UFC 263 going down, and who doesn't want to watch Izzy, man? But, you know, plenty to talk about me. I just want to apologize to listeners real quick because I'm feeling a little nasally. I got this post-nasal drip going the past couple of days, a little congestion in the head. So I'm a little under the weather. If my excitement doesn't sound like it's at that normal level, I apologize. But uh, Batman, I'm excited to get into it as always, man. Yeah, me too. I'm feeling good. Like I told you today, I I told you earlier, like I went through my email today, deleted like 12,000 emails. (laughs) I'm feeling great. I, I, I would imagine at some point, like we've all been there. My, my Gmail was just, I, I had let it, I was careless. I had let it go for so long. <laughs> it literally racked up like 12,000 and promotions, social, just regular. I just, I was just spam deleting. I probably didn't, I might've lost some important things. I told you off air, <laughs> like I, I was thorough and checked. I didn't, I didn't check everything. No, I'm sure. No. I probably lost. <laughs> I kept some policy stuff and it's, you know, some boring things, but I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I have an eighth grade. I have a presentation from eighth grade that I made that I was looking at. So that's the good news is I have top 10 worst inventions of all time. Oh, dude, we might have to break that out on a future episode. I don't yeah. Know I mean. And you're not going to like what number one was. Well, I mean, you got to tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to tell you it was, it was Crocs. Dude, I, was, on, man. I was a different man. I was in eighth grade. I would wear I would, Crocs. On, yeah, dude. I would. <laughs> I would let I would get a pair of Crocs. My girlfriend knows that I would get a pair, but eighth grade, apparently I didn't like him. Dude, do you hear that, Jules? Do you, did you hear that he needs a pair of Crocs? I, I've little hint, hint. <laughs> even at the outlets, like I've looked in the Crocs store and I never pulled the trigger. I might eventually, but honestly, man, go on Amazon. They'll send them to your house. They're like 25 bucks. Like That's the I thing. I, I mean, I won't get into the whole Crocs thing, but <laughs> I think that's something that has our country pretty divided. Which, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that keep our country divided. I think Crocs is one of them. That's fair, man. That's fair. They are all the rage, man. Ten years ago, it wasn't cool to be wearing them right now. It's a thing, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. Exactly. Our all old right. high school baseball coach used to wear them. So, I mean, that guy was cool. Dude, I mean, you know, they're all terrain. You got the strap. You can go into four-wheel drive, you know. They're, they're... all terrain. Yeah, dude. Oh, I mean, my god! I got a pair of indoor Crocs. A You're pair describing of it like a Ford. <laughs> this isn't a Ford F-150. Ford Ranger. <laughs> all terrain. Off-roading. Jeez. All right, Pat, man. Let's get into some actual sports. And uh, first, you know, hit some headlines as we always do. Get off the Croc game. So first, little NFL dude, Jamal Adams, Stephon Gilmore, and Xavier Howard, three of the best defensive backs in the NFL, are all holding out of mandatory mini camps right now. You know, all of them are waiting for extensions. Stephon Gilmore is only going to make $7.9 million this year, which kind of feels pretty low for probably a top three cornerback in the league. So well, what's, what's your impression of this, man? What is surprising? How old is Gilmore now? I feel like... He's, he's been like around for so long, or something. He? Is he still in his twenties? That would be crazy to me. I mean, he's a beast. I I don't know. Didn't Xavier Howard some? He had some 30. weird. 
Sabian Howard had some weird requests in his, but uh, I know I knew he was holding out. But you guys will get Stefan seven point nine million. That's uh, that is low for him, but I think you guys will get it done. You were Hope gonna so. go out and get Julio, so yeah, <laughs> this might as to well me, just uh, reinvest. This to me is just we've talked about it so many times on here. I've done of what we've learned about it, but. This is a this is turning into a players' league, man. The NBA set the precedent. You get to decide your contract. You get to decide where you play. That's making its way into the NFL. It's kind of breaking up the old boys' club of the NFL, and people aren't happy about it. But get used to it because this is going to happen more and more every darn year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pat, speaking of a guy that has been holding out of uh, both um, mandatory mini camps and optional ones, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, dude, I, I just love this drama. My girlfriend every week when I turn on Get Up or First Take, she's like, they're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, yeah, because he's the MVP. This is a big deal. Packers president Mark Murphy comes out, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers and says he's a complicated fella. There's this, there's that. And then Rodgers is wearing this shirt in a uh, interview with Brady, Phil Mickelson, or Bryce DeChambeau for the match that they're hyping up. It just says, I'm offended with like a smiley face on it, man. And he talked about, wow, how lucky am I? This is such a nice, you know, quiet, peaceful off season. You know, this is what a vet player wants. Just some rest and respect. You know, I know. Rogers is just laying it on, dude. What are you making of all We might see him back in the Jeopardy hosting spot before he's, you know, before he's playing football again. I don't know what's going to happen with him at this point. Now he's got the, uh, now he's got the president calling him a complicated fella, whatever that means. Uh, he might go back to Hawaii. He might go host Jeopardy again. I don't, I don't know what this man's going to do. But, yeah, it's been a peaceful offseason for him. So most <laughs> of the attention hasn't been on, you know, hating on him. It's been hating on the Packers organization. So, like the president, didn't the president say, like, he's divided the fan base? Yeah. I think it's yeah. more so he's divided them. Like, they, I think they like Rodgers and want him to come back. But, I mean, yeah. they also need their team to move on. It's a tricky situation, man. I mean, I guess, I guess what are the options here? He retires, he sits out the season to force a trade, host Jeopardy, or is in the next celebrity boxing match? You know, like those are probably his four options. And if you're a Packers fan, like, yeah, you're upset, but like, can you really be that mad at him specifically? I mean, it's more up to the team to, you know, make him want to come back. The only reason he's doing this is because of the way things are ran there. So I got to imagine it's mostly on the, I'm sure Rodgers is a difficult guy that, to work with, but mm. I think you make anything work for an MVP. Yeah. Didn't the Patriots see what happened when they didn't want to give Brady what he wanted. And uh, you know, it's kind of easy to give one of the best players ever what they want on the football team. So yeah. If Rodgers goes somewhere else and wins the Super Bowl like this year <laughs> or even the next year, like that's Blueprint. <laughs> it's going to, that's going to be a dagger to the heart. I mean, then the Packers fan base will just be absolutely broken. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson will do it next. And then someone else will do it next. And it's the blueprint. Tommy touchdowns, dude. He did it. Now everyone <laughs> wants to do it. You're going to go from a cold weather place. You're going to go to a warm weather place and you're going to win a ring, dude. That's what it's I know. about. <laughs> yep. No one's calling Brady a system QB anymore. Not anymore, man. But Pat, this is just a funny update. We brought it up. Kevin James is playing Sean Payton in a movie about when he coached his kids middle school football team during Bounty Gate, his one year suspension. And it looks like Payton may have a cameo. He's on set for this Kevin James movie. And we got the picture Pat and I are looking at. I know. I wish we had the production (laughs) value to show the picture, but Jamie, uh, pull it up. (laughs) Yeah. Jamie, can you look that up for us? It's uh, it's pretty good. 
I, I didn't even know this. You put this headline here. We brought this up like what, like 10 weeks ago, Whoa. maybe longer. But the, it's like Stan Lee, like always made an appearance in the Marvel movies in some way. Like Sean Payton is this mechanic guy with a wig on. It's kind of hilarious. Dude, and the wig looks so bad. Like it's like oh, it's pitch so black. It, it looks like a 60 year old man dyed their hair just pitch black. And like, looks like he's a mechanic, has a little name tag on his chest. And I'm like, what are, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> what are we doing? Making a Stanley cameo. And I hope it's a good movie, but <laughs> I don't have high hopes. I'll watch it in, if it's free to watch somewhere, but there's zero chance of paying anything to watch. I think it. we'll have to, and then talk about it on the podcast, just because right. we've been, now we've really been following <laughs> the story. That's our second update on it. So I All think right. we'll have to. Third update coming, uh, coming right after this movie comes out. Pat, last headline before we move on to uh, the NBA playoffs and some of the awards and everything going on there. Getting into basketball a little. Kemba reportedly wants out of Boston, and apparently he was not happy that the Celtics were actively shopping him when it's not happy, you know, with how, you know, he was fitting into the team, all this stuff. What, what do you make out of all that? I think that's gotta be mutual. Right. Cause I, me personally, like I, I loved Kemba and I loved, the, I loved him in college. I loved him on the Hornets and I loved the move to Boston, but it just doesn't seem to be working for the future. Right. Like it doesn't seem like he was the move or the piece that we needed to move our team forward towards a championship run. Clearly. I mean, yeah, we had, it was a tough season fatigue. We lost Jalen Tatum was out for COVID uh, for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, this is mutual. Like we could get something better. I think we just, we have to go into a different direction at this point. And it never feels good to be actively shopped. I mean, the Celtics don't have a good history, especially with like Isaiah yeah. Thomas, that whole thing. We looked really bad, but yeah, I mean, it, it's gotta be mutual. It's got to be like, I, I'm okay with getting rid of Kemba. Yeah, no. And I think that's the first, I think that's the first job of Brad Stevens and whoever the head coach that he hires is. I think that's the first thing on their radar. And I mean, Kemba, we root for you so hard. Every Celtics fan wants Kemba to succeed, mm -hmm. but the problem is he hasn't been healthy in two years and he can't play back to backs. And he's going to make $36 million next year. And he's going to make $37 million the following season. And if you can't play back-to-backs, and if you're missing playoff games because you have to rest your knee, Kawhi can do load management during the regular season. He doesn't do it during the postseason. You can't do it during the postseason. And it stinks, man. He's, he's defensive liability. He's awesome. Great smile. Great personality. Great vet in the locker room. But... His the, the thing that has the most trade value for him right now is his leadership, is his, you know, value in a locker room. And this kind of takes away from that, saying that he's disgruntled and didn't like the fit mm -hmm. and playing behind JT and JB. Real quick, man, a couple people that I've heard rumored for trades for this. Al Horford was benched in Oklahoma City. Is that an upgrade? It's, it's pretty even, but you get a guy who knows our system, who – it plays big. Yeah. He can move the ball through him. Horford's and he's well, gonna like a couple play. years older now than when he left. But he's going to play. He's going to be yeah, on the court. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want Horford yeah. back. I'm okay. I don't love <laughs> it. Hard. What about Christos Porzingis? Magic I'd be fine contract? with that. But it, that, again, like we can't, over, we can't overpay him. He's making – He's making good money right now in Dallas. If he's getting paid a ton of money, he signed a 150 million for five. Yeah, with so Dallas. he's getting paid a ton of money. He's not worth that. 
But, but it I makes mean, the contracts work. We overpaid Kemba, and I going back to your previous point, I do want to see Kemba succeed, but like we just can't have a guy yeah. with such negative value who now, especially, is going to be disgruntled in the locker room, yeah. regardless of what changes have been made in the front office and a head coach. We're shopping him. That doesn't feel good. Yeah, Kemba will have to go, but I mean, Kristaps wouldn't be a bad move. I, I would have rather. I'm still salty we didn't get Aaron Gordon. We got Evan Fournier, but we didn't get Aaron Gordon. So I just, I always think back to that. But I don't know. I don't know what the right move. Like, you know, I, I'd be the head coach if I knew. But like, I don't know if we need a point guard. If we need another big man like Kristaps or something like that. I just, I don't know at this point. I just want someone that's going to play. I say it all the time. The best ability is availability, man. And mm-hmm. Kemba, we love you. But if you can't be on the court, you got to move on, man. Got to yep. move on. I talked about a, like a facilitator, I think, last week would be really good for us. Someone who's just not a scoring dominant point guard like Kemba was, like Lonzo. Kyrie was. Someone who's a facilitator first and can move the ball. I think I think because we don't need someone who's going to score. I mean, we have scorers in Jalen and Jason. Tatum. That was weird that I just called him Jason. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I think like if we added the big man and then just like a, a role player point guard who could facilitate, I mean, I, I think that's a good blueprint for the Celtics. I think we could make that work too. Find find the way to get me Lonzo ball on a sign and trade for Kemba. Find find a way. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Pat, let's move on. Let's get on to the playoff matchups, man. These playoffs have been exciting so far, man. There's There's been a lot of drama. There's a lot going on. And, man, I did not think that the Hawks would be winning games against the 76ers. No, me The Hawks either. have done a fantastic job. I know Embiid hasn't been healthy. Dude hasn't been healthy any of the four games. He missed the first game. He hasn't been healthy in game two, three, or four. He was moving so slow. He went to try to get a game-winning shot, man, and he got no bounce off the floor, had absolutely no bounce. Man, if Joel's healthy – Sixers win the series, man. But if Embiid mm-hmm. can't play and Ben Simmons disappears for quarters at a time, yep, the Hawks are going to be in the conference finals, man. I can't believe I'm saying that. We like, and again, it goes back to like our debate between like Jokic and Embiid for MVP. I mean, I get like without Embiid though, they are nothing. I know we agreed that Jokic, Jokic at this point was probably more valuable to the Nuggets, but I mean, it just might be another bad take. I, <laughs> Because we were we were giving Jokic so much credit for doing what he's doing with the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, but then they just got swept by the Suns, which you know we'll talk about in a second. But without Embiid, that Sixers team is just not. It's not a championship squad. Yeah, they have Tobias Harris. Yeah, they have Ben Simmons. Yeah, they have uh, they have Danny Green. They have Danny Green. Danny Green, Green Seth, Seth Curry. Curry. Yeah. yeah. So without. Without Embiid, I mean that's that's a good team. It's you know maybe a five or six seed in the in the East, but that is not a championship team. So if the Hawks can make a run, I mean, I think Trey Young, like we said, he's built for these moments. Clearly, he's got the confidence, he's got the swagger. I could definitely see the Hawks doing it. What it's if- gonna it, like if Embiid plays through it, I think. I think the Sixers will take it. They're just a better team overall with Embiid, but without Embiid, it's a totally even series. It's mm-hmm. an absolute toss up. Out of the seven teams that are left, the Hawks get absolutely no love and no respect. And part of me has started to think, are we just totally sleeping on the Hawks? Like, what if Apparently. it's Bucks Hawks in the conference finals? That would be crazy. Like, that would you know? that would never have been like I could have filled out a hundred, a hundred <laughs> prediction sheets of what the playoffs would end up as. I don't think Bucks Hawks would have been on any of them. Not a Bucks would have been in one of them for sure. But Hawks, no, there's no way. 
I'm I'm totally with you, man. It has been nuts, and we got to see a couple guys step up because this team goes as far as the I mean, this team goes as far as Embiid takes them. And I don't I don't know if Embiid's not healthy. This is going to be tough. Trey may enter that takeover mode. Game five is in Philly, so we'll have to wait and see what happens now. Game five that's happening tonight, Pat. After we record this, is Nets Bucks man in Brooklyn. And dude, I got to tell you, man. Kyrie out, Harden doubtful. He's expected to play game five. He wants to tough it out, but man, there's no Kyrie. If there's no Harden, the Bucks won the last two in Milwaukee. Man, could could the Bucks actually win game five? I am nervous, and that's you know we were so adamant about the Nets, but hey, we did not take into account that Harden and Kyrie would not be playing. It was all based around the big three, right? right. It's all about the big three playing. If it's only Durant, I mean, yeah, that. Of course, the Bucs have a chance. Game five, I know it's in Brooklyn, but if the Bucs could somehow take game five in Brooklyn, they, I, I mean, they take the series. They, yeah. they go back to Milwaukee up 3-2. So this game tonight, which obviously we'll find out when this episode is released, is going to be pivotal. I mean, game fives are always pivotal, but especially for this series. like Because if the Nets can win without Harden or Kyrie, and then maybe game six you do get one or both of them back, they're managed to play at least some minutes, then the Nets have a really good chance of taking it. So it just depends on what happens tonight. If Harden can push through or if it's just KD, I'm not sure who's going to play, but KD definitely will be playing. So game five is going to be more pivotal than even as usual. I don't think that this is quite a legacy game for Kevin Durant, but I think that to win this game and win this series, I think that it needs to be a legacy game. That's a great point. I think That's a great this, point. I think this needs to be 40 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, two blocks. Like mm-hmm. this has to be a LeBron stat line for Kevin Durant. This is a team on my back situation. Yeah. And that's the only way they win. They're, they're not going to win if Kevin Durant doesn't say, I'm the best player in the world. I'm the best player on this court. I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, the whole storyline has been him joining super teams and needing help to win championships. So you're right. If he is able to take this team and put it on his back and beat the Bucs in game five and then take the whole series too, maybe with a little bit of help, but if he does it alone, even better. I Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's a great point. It's definitely, I hope it's a legacy game for him. And I hope it's not a negative one. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see. Cause I mean, Hey, if you're missing a guy that we consider maybe the sixth or seventh best player in the world, and then a guy that we consider maybe the 10, 11th, 12th best player in the world, you're missing a lot. And you said it, Pat, it's all about the big three. So it's, it's now Kevin Durant's turn, man. Yeah. I, he Durant's definitely turn. could rewrite the narrative a little bit for himself tonight and through the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to see. It'd be nice to see moving on, dude. Phoenix sweeps Denver, Pat. What? Yeah. What? 4-0. Didn't even seem like a series, dude. Suns are sitting back, resting, getting that extra time in to ice up and rest that shoulder on CP while all the other series are going at least six games. Mm -hmm. This is best case scenario for the Suns, man. They are resting on their laurels. I'm I'm blown away with what the Suns team has done. We've been saying it the last couple weeks on the podcast, man. I mean, so much credit to Monty Williams, so much credit to Chris Paul. Devin Booker's doing his thing. Aiton's doing his thing. But it's all about CP3 right now. And, Pat, I got to tell you, this team's my favorite to win the chip right now outside of the Nets. And, again, the Nets is totally dependent on health. All of these teams are dependent on health. 
If Giannis mm-hmm. goes down, the Bucks are out. You know, if the Kawhi goes down, the Clippers are out. But, dude, well, I mean, what's stopping this team? What's stopping this team right now, dude? They're they're playing unbelievable team and that's, basketball. Yeah, and that's the thing. Someone always steps up, right? Like in the Lakers series, I was high on DeAndre, and I said mm-hmm. last week he was my MVP of the playoffs so far. I think they'd only played one or two games in this series with the Nuggets up to that point. But he, he hasn't had as good of a series against the Nuggets, even though they just swept them. Maybe that's because Jokic was there. But Devin Booker and Chris Paul really stepped up. Cameron mm. Payne stepped up. Cameron Payne's been putting in really good minutes. So it's there's always someone that steps up. You have Chris Paul is just playing so consistent. He had 37 points the other night, which I don't, it said something about the highest. I don't know what the exact stat was. Probably one Early of the playoff career high. Yeah, playoff career high. So there you go, 37 points. And I mean, he's averaging for the playoffs, 15 and a half and eight and a half. Now D book 28 points per game. It, the team is stepping up. I mean, this team is for real. They play like a complete team. Everyone does their part. Jay Crowder, huge role player. Dario Sarge gives them some valuable minutes. Not many, but some Cameron Payne, like I said, Mikhail Bridges, they have a really good team. They, they absolutely do. And, they're a lot of fun to watch, man. And you, you see a guy that's 36 years old with the swagger that CP3 has. And, you know, there's an interesting perspective I heard uh, on Flagrant 2 today, man. And they were saying that, you know, normally stars will clash because, you know, they're going to butt heads and they're going to do this and that. But like D book is 13 years younger than CP. Like mm-hmm. you don't get to clash heads with a legend. You don't get to bump heads with a guy that's top five, six all time at his position. Yep. Like, you got to respect your elders and listen and grant like James Harden and Chris Paul, butt heads. That doesn't happen with D book, man. This is CP3's no. team. They love him. They respect him. And man, for a contract that not a single team in the league wanted, Shout out the Suns for trading for this guy who's making forty-four million a year or whatever he's making, dude. It's it's nuts. But CP in his fifteenth, sixteenth year, whatever this is, he's unbelievable, man. We we can't say enough about him. I know. And D book probably just wanted to win finally. Like right. I, I mean, the Suns were bad for so long with him on the team too, and it's just. He's probably so happy to have a leader and a veteran and a guy who Mm. even at that age is still playing the way he's been playing. So it's, it just has been a perfect fit. Yeah. And hopefully it's a perfect, just pass past the torch moment to, to D book, you know, like I hope so. SCP three goes out the next couple of years. It's going to be D book stepping up and elevating his game. All right, Pat, other, uh, other series in the West man, Clippers jazz two, two home team is one, all four games in this series. I got to say, man, game four, it was, it was kind of a blowout for the Clippers. They were playing unbelievably well. Mm-hmm. But Kawhi left the game with five minutes left. He said he's fine. Um, you know, we hope he's good to go. I'm sure he will be. But, dude, I, I know you saw it float around on the internet. That Kawhi poster on Derek Favors was the dunk of the playoffs so far. That was unbelievable. It was crazy. At first, I thought it was on Rudy <laughs> Gobert, and I was like, oh, That would have been even more crazy yeah. if it was on it, Rudy. If it no. was on Gobert, dude, yeah. oh, my. But – well, you know, Even what do you still, think's happening in this series, man? Game five in, I, in Utah. I mean, I was, I think last week, like we, I was high on the Jazz. I think at that point they were up to nothing when we recorded last week. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to go up. I thought they were going to take this series handily. I thought they would take one in LA, especially considering the way the Clippers played at home against the Mavericks. I mean, they took one game, so that was it. I, I thought the Jazz would split 
in LA, come back to uh, come back to Utah 3-1, but that hasn't happened. And now, I mean, I haven't been high on the Clippers at all, but I might I might be high on the Clippers to take one here in Utah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Another pivotal game five. Like we said, mm. they're always pivotal. But yeah, I mean, I'm high on the Clippers. And is this game uh, is this game tonight or tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. So we'll, all right, there we go. So we won't know when this podcast releases, but uh, soon enough, anyways. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it will be on Wednesday. Okay, so for our Thursday listeners, you know, you'll uh, you'll be you'll be. Then you'll know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Pat, I might take the Clippers though. Yeah, I don't blame you there, man. Um, it's it it's tough. It's tough. I like the home team in Game Five. I I hope Mitchell puts up a huge performance now. One thing I just want to bring out that I think is funny is all the hate that Utah gets all the time. I think it's so funny. Marcus Morris for the Clippers, they asked him if his twin brother, Markeith, was coming up to Utah for this game. And he said, I just got on my phone and I'm going to read a couple of these. He says, no, he won't be coming to Utah. I don't know why anybody would want to go to Utah. (laughs) And then they just pulled up quotes of people just hating on Utah, like a bunch of players. Here's LeBron James, you know, saying, oh, you guys got to understand, like, we never played with Utah growing up playing 2K after picking Mitchell and Gobert last in the All-Star draft. Then we got Russell Westbrook. Here here in Utah, man, a lot of disrespect for vulgar things are said from these players. Andre Ugudala says, the problem with Utah is you're just sitting around. Your mind is dead. Matt Barnes says, absolutely no nightlife in Utah. Rod Strickland, it's just the worst because it's Utah. <laughs> Dennis Hodgson, it's the worst. It's always cold and snowing. There's absolutely nothing to do. Utah gets no love, dude. And I, I just find it so hilarious. Nobody <laughs> likes their fan base either. There's been bad yeah. things about their fan base. So it's just not good on any front. And then their their team legends are, you know, not to hate on them, but John Stockton and Carl Malone, which John Stockton's the, the, about the skinniest little white guy you've ever seen. And Carl Malone, you know, Malone's he's the mailman, but, he, you know, they were already comparing Donovan Mitchell to Carl Malone, saying like Donovan's like the the team Stephen legend. A said that. Stephen yeah, A said like he's, he's like the, the team legend. Ever. And that's think, a, that's another reason. Like if that's already a, a conversation, like no one's comparing Tatum to Larry Bird. You know, like it's just it's yeah. Bill Russell. It's like it's it's just we have way more history in a lot of different teams, and the the Jazz just don't have that. I get what Stephen A was saying, like when he said that, but it's so like Donovan Mitchell in a vacuum is better at basketball than John Stockton. I agree. But John Stockton's the all-time assist leader. Yeah, I mean he's a beast. He uh, you, or he was a beast. They had Jeff Hornacek too, Carl Malone. Yeah. That was a great Carl team. Malone's a two-time MVP, second all-time in points scored in NBA history <laughs> yeah. to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I get that Jason. I think it might Tatum, be a little recency bias, maybe just a little bit. Jason Tatum in a vacuum is probably a better player than Larry Bird, right? Because Larry played 40 years ago, but that you, you can't. Yeah, if Tatum, that. if Tatum played in the 80s, he'd be dropping 60 a game. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's like you can't compare the current to the to the past. Mm. But I know, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Moving on. Let's talk about some of these <laughs> NBA awards real quick. Uh, shout out Utah. <laughs> but <laughs> did he dirty? Rudy Gobert named Defensive Player of the Year for the third time. I love this pick. I yeah, not a surprise. Utah was the top team in the league, one of the top defenses in the league. Gobert changes and affects more shots than anyone in the league. Dude, 7'2". It looks like he has an 8'5 wingspan. He's just everywhere. And he had a great year. Mm-hmm. I, I like this pick. I'm not mad. And Joel Embiid missed too many games. 
Clint Capella was great. Wouldn't have picked him. Bam was great. Wouldn't have picked him. I think Gobert was the right pick. Yeah, absolutely. There's no argument from me there. I would have picked Gobert as well. Absolutely no argument from me on the next one, Pat. Julius Randle, most improved player. Hard to find any other that would be an argument. I'm not sure who it would be. Maybe Chris Paul. Maybe. <laughs> like that'd be that'd be saying yeah. something too. But Julius Randle definitely. Julius that was just Rand- that was just the first thing that kept popped in my head. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, dude. Chris Paul is always in a beast, but I mean he's been something special. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. But Julius Randle was that he was that special first time all-star dude brought the knicks to the four seed in the east like absolutely dominant he was phenomenal kind of kind of went away in the playoffs but you know julius will give you yeah the the help that he did to get him there i mean because they didn't have that good of a team it was derrick rose uh derrick rose rj barrett and then julius Randle, and then i yeah, I mean Mitch Robinson and Nerlens Noel. They got some guys, Quigley, some but, guys, like, but the, the roster's like, not there. The no, not a not typical uh, four seed. No, no, not at all, not at all. All right, man, let's let's keep it moving. Jordan Clarkson named Sixth Man of the Year. I love this Jazz again, best record in the league. Clarkson it was averaging like close to twenty for a good portion of the year. This there isn't a guy with a greener light off the bench in the NBA right now. And I mean, Clarkson had a phenomenal year. The stats are there, the records there, and he's been doing it in the playoffs too. And I know it's a regular season award, but I think that matters that you continue it on, man. And I like Clarkson, man, for a guy that has bounced around the league from the Lakers to the Cavs moving around, he's found a home in Utah and mm-hmm. I love what they're doing to utilize him behind Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. Yeah. In just under 27 minutes played per game average. He had 18 and a half points, uh, four rebounds and two and a half assists a game. So in 26 minutes, that's uh, those are pretty good numbers. 18 and a half Evan points Fournier per game was supposed to do for us. Exactly. <laughs> right. And Evan Fournier ain't going to do that with that bald spot he's got. He ain't going to do it. Oh, man. Manu Ginobili did it forever. Pat. That was disrespectful. <laughs> that was that was out of pocket. I'm sorry, Fournier. You're, you're good, bro. Well, you don't. You only have to apologize if the Celtics resign him. You know, otherwise, otherwise you're good. Otherwise, we're okay. Or Dude, if he listens, <laughs> we you can come on at any time, Evan. We any time. We we would love to have you. These I just thought were interesting, real quick. Damian Lillard voted teammate of the year by NBA players. That's a vote from players, and the way he leads his team, the way he's you know leader in that locker room, voted player of the year. And then Drew Holiday voted on by the league given the uh, sportsmanship award so just wanted to shout out those two guys for winning those awards too yeah definitely dame teammate of the year huh that's a weird award to me his teams his teammates probably just look at him and they're like we are nothing without you (laughs) yeah i mean he is a leader through and through teammate i mean i don't know i'm not in the locker room but that's also just a weird award to me the best teammate yeah, especially like how do you like if NBA players vote, how do you not vote for guys on your team? Yeah, you know, how do you like, how do you measure that? <laughs> like yeah. every guy would get like the same amount of votes, you know? I, I don't know. Marcus Smart, teammate of the year. All right. <laughs> um would have been like Scalabrini back in the day. Just give him some love. That'd be tough. That'd be tough if he if he won that. And then then you know it's really rigged. Like <laughs> poor Scal. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All defensive teams. First team, Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Giannis, Gobert. I got to tell you, I don't often think it. I think they got all five right. I believe that they have center as a separate position. I would have liked to see Embiid on the first team, but I think that they have center as a, as a single position. So I think Gobert gets that spot. 
mm-hmm. if there were two centers or if it was positionless, I would have had Embiid there. But I love this team. Um, I don't mind the second team. Jimmy Butler, Matisse Thibel, Kawhi, Bam, and Embiid. Mikael Bridges, Clint Capella, Miles Turner were the runners up. But, you know, I, we see so many guys in the playoffs on this team. Jimmy Butler and Bam. I love both of them making the squad. They're great defenders, but your team got bounced. Your team got swept. Yeah. You didn't have a good regular season. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges did it for the Suns all year. Clint Capella did it for the Hawks all year, you know? And Matisse Thibel, he comes off the bench for the Sixers. Like, you got Ben Simmons, Embiid, Matisse Thibel. What are the, the Sixers? Are, they, they can't guard the Hawks, you know? So I, it's kind of weird. I'm not mad at it. I, defensive teams are kind of funny awards, but, you know. I yeah. like the first team. At and least. at the same time, right? The first team is what matters. I mean, no one's talking about the, the all second out or right. the all defensive second team in the NBA. Like, you know, that's not, that's not of real value. The first yeah. is what we're, that's what we want. And, you know, they got those right. So that's okay. Right. That's one of those things where you only talk about them the day that Shams tweets it. And then afterwards. Exactly. Know, that's like, <laughs> no, no, you know, next season they're like, oh, Jimmy Butler, maybe, you know, all defensive second team. So. No. I thought uh, I thought it was cool. Mikhail Bridges of the Suns tweeted out. He's like, man, it's just cool to get looked at for this award. Like, I didn't make it, but like, that's pretty dope, man. Like, thank you. And I was like, I was like, wow, like a real human being playing basketball. Oh, I got snubbed. <laughs> this is BS. But no, he's like, man, that's pretty cool. I got a bunch of votes. Like, that's crazy. Definitely. Yeah. No, it was. It was. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> All right, man. Moving on, Pat. We got some UFC. We got some gloves off. UFC two sixty three, dude. And I got to tell you some pretty crazy fights, but I want to let you take it away, you know, touch on whatever you want to touch on, man, because it was a great night of fights. Yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff. And the first thing was, so mostly, so there was the seven second knockout, which was crazy because it was Terrence McKinney. So he was, you won't know his name, even if you do watch UFC, because he was making his debut, but he has a crazy story. Like he died at one point. I was listening to his story. Like he died in the hospital and came back to life. They brought him back. And then here he is in the UFC, you know, years later and he's in his debut and he's making a seven second knockout, which is also crazy because he didn't get a bonus. Like they do performance bonuses and he wasn't one of them. So what they they asked Dana White that in the post in the post press conference they were like he didn't get a bonus and he's like I will take care of him so like he's probably gonna get a bonus but they didn't officially give him a bonus they'll probably give him his 50k if I had to guess though I mean you can't not he knocked a guy out in seven seconds seven second knockout in your debut and with every knockout that we see like that's when the ref gets there and stops it it was realistically like three or four seconds he just hit him with a one, two, and that was it. The guy was like asleep. And then I think he got one other punch in on the ground and then the ref broke it up. So it was like three or four seconds. Same with like the Masvidal knockout of Ben Askren. Like that was literally like two seconds. They call right. it five fastest knockout in UFC history, but it was like two seconds. So yeah, from the knee connecting to the head to the ref breaking them up, you know, mm-hmm. but and then those the- punches were super necessary, Pat. They they were super necessary. Super necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so then I I don't know if you had watched uh, some or any of the fights, but uh, so uh, first card on the main I threw the first fight in the main card I believe was a uh, Paul Craig and Jamal Hill, which I was watching, and Paul Craig super underrated, great uh, jujitsu grapple game. Jamal Hill was like nine and zero, up and coming, you know, big knockout artist. 
and Paul Craig submits him, right? They're like rolling on the ground. He's got his arm and Jamal Hill's arm looks like it broke. It came out afterwards that it had just uh, dislocated, which looks like just as nasty. I mean, his arm was like bent the opposite way. You could see like the bone, like not in place. So everyone thought it was broken and the ref didn't stop the fight, like didn't notice it, which was so controversial. And I guess it was like more of like a, they were in Arizona. And I guess when you go certain places, like they'll take refs from like a local commission. Mm. So he does like local fights and then they gave him a shot with the UFC fights and like he blew it because he didn't stop the fight. And Paul Craig, who dislocated the guy's arm, was like he broke it like he broke his arm and the ref was just like looking and not stopping it. So I don't know what happened there. I didn't see I, that, dude. How did that you, not pop up? On you got to watch. Oh, you got to watch the clip. Will. You got to watch the clip. And just like the UFC, too, with the fights, like they're always like, oh, like, you know, look away if you're queasy or whatever. But like they show it eight times. Like they, show, <laughs> they show the arm. Literally, they go slow-mo of the arm popping out, which I love that stuff. I'm fine like with that. Like eight angles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get every. It was like with Chris Weidman's leg breaking. They're oh, like, oh, God. this is so gross. Which that was way worse, but <laughs> it's like the same thing. They are, uh, they don't do any justice with the camera. It's like, don't you don't need to show us eight times. Like we get the picture, right? But that was that. Nate Diaz fought, which is always a spectacle. Nate Diaz fought Leon Edwards, which was actually a crazy fight in, in the last sixty seconds. Right. It wasn't a crazy fight. Like it was pretty boring. Leon Edwards was doing his thing. He beat Nate Diaz four. He was beating him four rounds to nothing. And then was winning the fifth round up until 60 seconds left. And then Nate hit him with like a one-two that was just perfect. And Leon was rocked and had to survive. But you, you see Nate Diaz like caught up everywhere, just pouring blood. blood. Just a classic Nate Diaz. Like he's got so much scar tissue that he just bleeds everywhere. And so he gets opened up every fight. That's why it's so entertaining. I mean, he's always in the scrap and he gets better as it goes, but like he always bleeds. So people love it, but yeah, Leon still got the win. I feel bad for him because everyone's just talking about Nate in his last 60 seconds and Nate didn't win. Leon did. Nate's the attraction, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I know. I know Leon Leon's should be next up for the, for the title. He should be fighting Usman next. He should. He's He's on. A ten fight, good. ten fight unbeaten streak, um, yeah. and he's so it would be a ten fight win streak. But one of them was the last one was a no contest, so he's won nine out of his last ten, and the tenth was a no contest. Yeah, man, he's been unbelievable. And one thing I'll say real quick too, I heard that uh, Nate Diaz after the fight, he was talking to Leon Edwards, and he told him, "Yo, tell them what you're worth. Don't yeah. don't let them tell you. Don't let them tell they'll, you. They'll yep. give you a number." you give them a number and i was like yo this dude j- just tried to kill you for 25 minutes which kind of it's still funny that just because it's nate diaz they make it a five round fight instead of the three like he's that much of a draw mm-hmm. but you know after 25 minutes of trying to kill another human being you're like yo go get your bag they'll let the ufc do this to you <laughs> yeah like, and just I'm like respect I mean, most of these guys are great guys and so is nate especially like obviously he hated connor I think even they have like mutual respect for each other, but Leon, you know, doesn't talk that much shit. So uh, yeah, Nate was definitely a good guy to him. He, they, I love them pointing at each other. Like Nate's pointing at him when he's about to get the knockout that of course he didn't, but uh, yeah, it's, you gotta love that, right? Like the mutual respect. It was good. Without a doubt. And there was also that in the, uh, this, the first title fight, Brandon Moreno and Davis and Figueredo. So beforehand, Figueredo was acting all mad, like he was shoving Moreno at the at the weigh-ins and whatever, just like 
acting tough, which is obviously part of it. But I think he was genuinely mad because they they drew in the last fight, but it was only because they took a point away from Figueredo. So Figueredo, like everyone, he I mean, everyone thought he won. He really did, but it was a draw. But Brandon Moreno won. He's the first uh, Mexican-born champion. There was Cain Velasquez, who was Mexican, but he was from California. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Moreno is the first Mexican-born uh, champion in uh, in the UFC. So congrats to him. Thought it was cool too seeing him and Izzy's relationship. You know, like yeah, and they didn't even like know each other either. But Izzy's just a cool guy, and Moreno's a wicked. Moreno's just the nicest guy. Like that's what Izzy right. was saying. He's the nicest guy he's ever met. He's like you're so genuine. I mean, the guy literally plays with like Legos and collects like <laughs> right. the Funko Pops. Yeah, but he's also now the flyweight champion of the world. He's so he's the, just a savage. He's the deadliest man at his weight in the world. He's just got that the Mexican blood in him. He just, he fights like crazy. He's a beast. He is. Shout out Brandon Moreno. And then, of yeah. And then of course, Izzy, I mean, Israel Adesanya wins the middle or defends the middleweight title. And it was crazy. Cause like I, people were talking about like the, the commentary being biased and like s- most people I think agreed with me and with the scoring that it was 50, 45 across the board. Like he had, they had Israel winning all five rounds. And I thought that was accurate. Vittori and other people thought that he won at least two rounds. I just don't see how that could have been possible. I watched the fight again and it just, it didn't seem that way. I mean, maybe you give one round to Vittori, maybe, but, and that was in the third, but the biggest moment in the third round to even give Vittori that round was he had, uh, he took down Adesanya, took his back, had him in a potential rear naked choke and that was halfway through the round is he flips it on him and gets out of it. And he's on top of him and he, you know, he just starts punching him and then they stand it up. So it's like, and then Izzy won the next half of the round. So at that point, it's like, you know, how it was tough to score that for Vittori. I see how you could, but yeah, I mean, you had to give it to Adesanya and he, he deserved the title. That's like, it wasn't even a question. Yeah. And I mean, you look at that situation too, and you know, what is the final chink in Adesanya's armor, right? Get big, get physical and get him on the ground. You think about what Blahovich did and just exactly use, use the weight mm-hmm. and take down defense. Awesome. You know, on the ground, his ground defense was great. And, you know, Adesanya through and through won that fight, man. I mean, yeah. And that's give Vittori a round. Who cares? It's still, it it's still matter. four to one. Yeah. Like he didn't <laughs> win more than one round in that fight. And to your point, too, like Vittori definitely worked on that. And that was definitely, I think, part of the game plan was trying to be like Jan and, you know, taking him down, seeing what he could do against the takedowns because everyone thought his takedown defense wasn't good. But it's just because he was fighting Jan Blahovich, who was like probably 235 natural <laughs> weight and cuts down to 205. And Izzy weighed like 200 for their fight at 205. Like he's not a big dude. He weighed 183 for this fight with Vittori, right. two pounds under the middleweight. So for him to move up to light heavyweight, I knew that Vittori wasn't going to be big enough to do what Jan did. So, and he worked on his, what I think what Izzy did a lot this camp was work on the fence game and being up against the fence, which is exactly what happened. He worked on takedown defense, being up against the fence where Vittori had him and just being comfortable there. And it worked perfect. Yeah, it really did, man. And he's just so much fun to watch. Adesanya is. And part of me feels like he rolls up and intentionally is underweight for these fights. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like part of me, I feel like that's part of the narrative he builds, that he's so much lighter. And I mean, he's so long. He's so quick. He's a lanky dude. But I'm like, 
how do you, how do every single fight you weigh like a couple pounds under what you're supposed to is he man use your weight use it man <laughs> i know and he had another great walkout he came out with like the japanese mask and hat but he came out to lincoln park he had uh i forget uh what song somewhere i belong was playing oh it's one of my favorite lincoln park songs so that was uh that was awesome I was pumped. I was watching with my buddy, and I was like, "Is he playing? Is like, he playing Lincoln Park? That's hilarious!" So it was, uh, it was cool. Izzy has as much fun as any fighter there is. Oh yeah, in the in the pre-fight, in the post-fight, everything, man. Like he changed how people do walk-ups and their music mm-hmm. and their dance and everything, man. Like Izzy just has a great time, man. And we are so blessed to be watching him in his prime right now. He's unbelievable. He's a beast. We love it. And before we move on, I will say. Uh, Paul Craig has, although the last style bender is such a great nickname and for Izzy too, but Paul Craig has the best nickname in the UFC. It's Paul the Bear Jew Craig. So if anyone's watched Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, he's the Bear Jew. That's his nickname. That's oh, hilarious. And he's Scottish too. So like if he says it, like he says, Paul Craig is the, the Bear Jew. Scottish accents are elite. Oh, they, I love they it. They really are. Oh, I love it. If you can understand them, that's the tough part because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they'd be running too fast, you know, but <laughs> all good, sometimes yeah. it is the harshest accent of like anything like in the UK. It's tough. <laughs> I Pat, breaking it. news. Uh, Jason Tatum joining the uh, Olympic team in, in Tokyo this summer. So there we got, go. Live. That, uh, we didn't miss it. Live news on air. Breaking. I think Damian Lillard, Draymond Green and Jason Tatum are the first three to commit to the Olympic team. And LeBron's playing with the Toon Squad. (laughs) Yes, he did. He did say he's playing for a different team this summer. (laughs) Yeah, they're focusing on the Monstars or whatever the hell they're called in this one. They're not called the Monstars. I was I was explaining the plot of it to someone the other day. It's like it's anyways, man. Let's let's not let's not because we're not gonna dread on that. I I will watch it, but I'm I'm not dwelling on that. It's that's for another time. Pat, this is some serious sacrilege right here, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've never seen Space Jam. Oh, no. Like, Dude, I had my pillowcase that I used every night growing up was on one side, it was the Monstars, and then on uh, the other, it was the Looney Tunes. It was the Toon Squad, so that's that's, that's disrespectful. That's crazy. When I was, like, 17, I tried watching it illegally on, like, 10 different streaming sites, and I just couldn't find where to watch it, and, like... Oh, I gotta watch could, it. I gotta. You watch could find it, it somewhere right yeah, now. Well, I bet. Now, now as a ripe twenty-three year old, I got the skills to find illegal movies. Exactly. Way better. I bet <laughs> Shane, our roommate. I bet Shane has it on his laptop. That kid had about three thousand movies on his laptop, <laughs> so I would guarantee that Space Jam is one of them. Shane, I hope you're listening, and I hope, I, I hope you tell us. Shane, send me the send me the link, man. Send me the link. I've been lost. I, I guess like I'm getting so sidetracked here, but since we've left school, I've been lost without that laptop. Like I've been looking, I'm always looking for movies to watch and Netflix, like Hulu, Amazon Prime, just terrible selection. It's Movie so night bad. at Conlin, dude. It was different. With Shane, oh, it's man. so bad. I I miss that. I miss the laptop. They're all like HD movies. Like I'm like, how is this even possible? You hear that, Shane? Pat misses you, man. Pat misses you. Well, your laptop. Penny uh, Penny companies are listening, though. He paid for all of them. Oh, man, that's funny. He bought them all. All right, Pat, let's get on to some soccer. A little extra time, man. We got the Euros. Euros 2021, man. And uh, for those that don't know, it's basically the World Cup, but for Europe, which is awesome. It's a big, big deal. You know, it takes a month. You know, everyone's away from their teams, but... 
Pat, I figured we'd just run through each of the groups here real quick and uh, just kind of give our prediction about the two teams that are going to come out of each group. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, dude. So I threw that link right there. But uh, Group A, Pat, it's looking like Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey, man. And I feel like it's pretty clear Italy has that wrapped up. I mean, Wales, Switzerland, Turkey. None of them really have a chance, but this is a weak group all in all, man. And the I don't biggest know question is second place, right? Yeah. What was that? I, I, the biggest question is second place. I mean, I agree with you that Italy right. is going to wrap it up. I'm a big Switzerland guy. I always love watching Switzerland and rooting for them because I always loved Shakiri like growing yeah, up. Yeah. He's a little older now, but I always love Shakiri. I love Granite Shaka. Um, I love uh, Fabian Schar. So, it, um, I would root for Switzerland there. Dude, that 2014 Switzerland run with Shakiri, like Shakiri oh, was just putting in every free a, kick. A it beast. was unbelievable. And I'm trying to – Ricardo Rodriguez, the left back, that's what I was thinking yeah. of as well. I got to tell you, man, I, I would probably go with Switzerland too. I mean, they're playing – I don't know who they're playing next, man, but it could end up being on goal differential. Neither Wales nor Switzerland scored a goal. It was a nil-nil draw when they played, but – yeah, man, I'd, I'd probably rock with Switzerland too. They play uh, tomorrow against Italy, three o'clock Eastern time. It's gonna. Be I tell you what, the... Switzerland could upset Italy. You never know. Italy yeah. will probably win, but I would, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Switzerland pulled out at least a draw on that. Yeah, it's gonna be all about goal difference for whoever comes Absolutely. to second place in that one. For what I'm thinking, Group B, man. Belgium, Finland, Denmark, and Russia. And real quick, man, we just got to talk about Christian Eriksen, of course, because this was crazy, man. This was sad, but Denmark's playing Finland. Denmark's best player, Christian Eriksen, you know, plays for Inter Milan, played for Tottenham forever. Tottenham legend. Ajax before that. Like, dude's, dude's a legend. Dude, walking off the pitch, and I think the 42nd minute, trying to get to the sideline, couldn't even make it. Mm-hmm. just collapses passes out unconscious his uh, captain runs over and you know says get the meds dude is unconscious for 10 minutes it took 10 minutes of medical support to get him back up with the defib man with the yeah he died they brought it he was yeah. gone and they brought him back i think they said with one uh one defibrillator um so it was quick but yeah. he was he was gone for you know a second yeah and they were giving him cpr beforehand before they defibbed him man and it's like that's scary, dude. You think about a guy that has been a pro at the top of his game for 10 years. It's just is yeah. used to running around for 90 minutes, going into cardiac arrest, dude. It was so scary. random. It was crazy. And I guess the uh the captain too was uh like making sure he didn't like swallow his tongue or anything, was like keeping him like stable until like yeah. medical staff got over there. Yeah, people are saying man of the tournament is his captain. They're saying like it, it doesn't matter who scores the most goals, it doesn't matter like this guy may be responsible for saving Christian Erickson's life, man, which mm-hmm. is, it's so crazy. Like I'm literally getting chills talking about it just to think about it. But I mean, Denmark's without their best player now, you know, prayers to Christian Erickson. He's healthy. He's in the hospital. He's, he's awake. He says he's as good as he can be, but scary, scary stuff happening, man. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary stuff. And some but... people on uh, some people on television too, took some flack because they were criticizing like the, uh, the medical team, but and then the medical team saved his life. Yeah. So it was kind of tough to, I mean, they did everything they could. I mean, like maybe they could have got there a little quicker, I guess, but yeah. at the end of the day, they saved him and he's all, he's all well. So yeah, that was and, a tough, uh, that was a tough look for some of the, uh, the television like broadcasters. 
Yeah, and you were saying how in the UFC you want to see 10 angles of every injury. I want to say shout out to the Denmark team because they all went and formed a circle around the medics working on him so that the TV cameras couldn't get on Christian Erickson. There's no reason to broadcast a man passed out who just had a cardiac arrest episode for 10 minutes. Yeah. So and the sad out. part is they tried. They tried to film it. Right. They were trying to. You know that if nobody blocked you, they would have. One thing that was really cool is fans in like the front rows from Finland were throwing the players the Finnish flag so that the Denmark so could players hold could up, hold yeah. it up. And I was like, I was like, man, that's whew, they that's had the crazy. crowd chants going like uh, Finland was chanting like Christian and then Denmark was chanting Ericsson. It was it was cool. Yeah, man. Definitely. Man, yeah. So I mean, there wouldn't be animosity like it'd be cool to see like with a rival club. There definitely wasn't any animosity as it was between Finland and Denmark, but. That's... How about how about that? How about that? Uh, FIFA gives or it's UEFA. How about UEFA gives them the option? All right, we're gonna restart the game. We're gonna restart the game in a couple hours, or you forfeit the game three nothing. How about those are your options after watching your best player literally die? That's tough. <laughs> I know because there were initial reports that like the players wanted to keep playing, and then another report came out that UEFA like made them restart the match that day. So. I don't really know what the truth is as of now, but there were reports kind of conflicting each other. Tough yeah. look for UEFA if they said, like, you have to go play this. Yeah. Tough no, look. It, it absolutely is. And, I mean, so Belgium's at the top of this group right now, Pat, and I probably would have picked Russia to come out of that group with them, but Russia got whooped by Belgium in the first game. So, Pat, just out of love for Christian Eriksen, I'm rooting for Denmark to make it out of this, I'm going Belgium and Denmark coming out of Group B. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I might have taken Denmark as an underdog, but uh, yeah, Russia probably would have been my number two. But it was, it would definitely have been between Denmark and Russia. Right. But right, right. I mean, I'm rooting for Denmark. Absolutely. All right, man. Looking at Group C, we got Austria and Netherlands with wins right away, and then Ukraine and North Macedonia. We know who's going through, Pat. It's Austria and the Netherlands. Ukraine and North Macedonia don't have a chance. Shout out North Macedonia for scoring a couple goals, though, against Netherlands. Memphis Depay put in a beautiful free kick, made Netherlands win. But shout out North Macedonia for putting two in on uh, the Netherlands. There used to be one player from North Macedonia that, like, I knew just when I was in my prime FIFA days. They had one guy who was, like, a 78 overall in FIFA. And like he was, uh, he was in one of the top leagues. So I remember using him just like on an off chance. And I saw that flag. I couldn't tell you who it is now, but so like I do have some relevance. But yeah, the Netherlands and Austria play on Thursday, January seventeenth. So that'll be cool to see who goes top. But this should this should be Netherlands and Austria either way. No, it absolutely should. It absolutely should. And uh, you know, I love rooting for the Netherlands, man. And I mean, they don't have Van Dyke in the back, so. We'll see what happens there, but they're going to keep pushing through. Looking at Group D, man, top of the group, Czech Republic. Then we got England, Croatia, Scotland. Regardless of the fact that the Czech Republic, you know, got that first win against Scotland, I'm still going England and Croatia. I got England and Croatia coming out of this group. You got England, who should be a top six or seven team in the world, and you got Croatia, who are the runners-up in the World Cup in 2018. Phenomenal team led by Luka Modric. You know, I'm going to England and Croatia. Yeah. Matteo Kovacic. I don't know. Do they still have Mario Mandzukic? 
He was a he was if, a beast. If not, he's on the bench, and I mean, yeah. they got Dejan Lovren in the back. They got Ivan yes, Rakitic. They like they, they got a squad, man. They got a squad. Oh, they have Ivan Perisic, Andrea Kramaric. Yeah, they have a that's that's a All beast the itches, team, dude. All uh, the it's it's funny those certain countries like Ukraine too is like the Yamalenko Yama Yamir Crutch or something. It's like Poland uh, ends all, all the, the names are so similar. Denmark yeah. is the same way. Like <laughs> a lot of their names are similar. It's funny. Iceland. They all end in S S O N. Yep, son. Iceland's probably the best one, <laughs> dude. It's such a limited population. They have like three hundred thirty thousand people. You yeah, know? there's only so many names to go around. This is true. <laughs> All right, man. Looking at Group E, we got Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, and Poland. Slovakia coming out and getting that dub to start off, man. Which you gotta love to see. That was my Poland. shock against Poland. Yeah, I didn't think that would be happening. Yeah, Lewin, Lewandowski. You it, you just need to put the team on your bag. They're missing a couple guys due to injury, but. No excuse to lose to Slovakia. I mean, you got to win that game. I got Spain coming out of this group easy, obviously. I mean, they drew with Sweden. And did they actually set a couple um, Euro records. Most passes, most possession, most passes attempted, and they drew. They had 85% possession. They completed 800 out of 900-something passes compared to Sweden completing 100 passes. But 0-0, zero, zero, Pat, only one stat matters. Goals, you know? <laughs> but I got Spain, and I don't know who else is going to come out, man. Uh, I might just rock with Slovakia because they got the win to start. I want it to be Poland. I was going to say Poland. But, but I want to see Slovakia do it. That's always been the thing with Poland is, like, they've had Lewandowski for so long now, but it was always the supporting cast. Like, they just never had enough. They used to have a cut. They used to have a guy on uh, on Dortmund. They used to have like a couple other big name guys, but it was never enough. So I, yeah, I I don't think Poland will do it. It's either going to be Slovakia or Sweden. Yeah, no, I hear you there. And then Pat, the group of death. I mean, the fact that this group was drawn when you have Group C that has Ukraine and North Macedonia in it, and you know Group A has Wales, Switzerland, Turkey. You put Portugal. France, Germany, and poor lowly little hungry man. I mean, you got three of the top six, seven teams in the world in this group. That's and not fair to Hungary whatsoever. Messed, messed up, man. I feel so bad for Hungary. The memes about Hungary are so funny, though. It's like people walking into like multiple doors and like getting scared and running away because one's poor, like, one's Ronaldo, one's Mbappe. And yeah, <laughs> one's the Germany. big thing about like the, there's always a group of death, and like everyone talks about the three big teams, but like I always feel so bad for the little team <laughs> because there's always got to be some little guy who's getting stomped on. Like Hungary does so good to make it to this point, and then they just get. Portugal who look amazing Germany and France Germany those are literally three of the top like I mean Portugal technically not ranked but France and Germany are like top three international teams yeah no this is this is nuts it's the last two World Cup winners and the last Euro winner and the fact that Germany lost too to France I mean that says something about France so I watched that first half today and Germany lost on a Mats Hummel's own goal on a cross he tried clearing it over the net and just put it into the top of the net right over Neuer. Oh. And then Portugal, dude, they were grinding against Hungary. They didn't score their first goal till the 82nd minute. They ended up scoring three goals. Ronaldo put in a pen. Ronaldo put in another goal. Now Ronaldo has the most appearances in Euros, the most goals, and he tied Messi for most international goals. Or 
No, he has more international goals than Messi. He's now three away from the record for international goals. Portugal has a good team. Bernardo yeah. Silva, Rafael Guerrero, who scored today along with Ronaldo. And like this is, you know, this Euro and then the next World Cup is like probably Ronaldo's, you know, last shot at it. Yeah. The team will all those fifth Euros. That's crazy. (laughs) Him on the international. That's the thing about Ronaldo is like, he's always been so good on the international stage too. It's never just been club. He's got so many goals for that international too. It's awesome. That's, that's the thing he has over Messi, right? Is that Messi's never won an international cup and Ronaldo has, but (coughs) oh, excuse me. That was out of nowhere. Pat, who's coming out of this group, man. Who's coming out? Who who's who's not making it? I'm going Portugal and France. They got the wins to start. That's a crucial win for France over Germany. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard to come back from that. But I I see Portugal and France coming out of this. Germany's in a kind of weird transition with their team. I mean, I, I exactly. Hard- that's where France. that's where my point was going. I see Germany as a team like in the next World Cup and the next Euros who are really gonna. I mean, it's gonna be they're gonna be like the new number one in the world mm. because all their players are so young and they're going to be coming into their prime at probably the next world cup, not even the next or at the next Euros, not even the next world cup. Cause you'll have Kai Havertz, Leroy Sané, uh, Julian Brandt. You'll have all these guys. Timo Werner. Who, yeah. Timo Werner who are all going to be like 25 to 28 at the next Euros, which is, which would be four years from now. So like they're, they're going to be a deadly team in the future, but for now, like you said, they are in like an awkward transition. So I'll uh, I'll go Portugal and France too with France coming out first. I'm with it. I'm with it. It's tough to root against France, man. That team tough. is scary. That depth is scary. <laughs> it is tough to it's tough to go against them. All right, Pat. Let's move on to listener questions, man. One of our favorite parts of the show every single week, man. You know, first as always, we got our questions from our boy Joe Braverman. Let me speak. Let me speak. Official his podcast thoughts on the MLB substance crackdown. I love it, dude. We're Take all the sticky substances away from the players, the time, the, the tar, the resin, all this other stuff they're using. They're cutting certain little cuts in the ball so that they can grip it differently, man. Now the MLB saying you're going to get suspended 10 games if we find that you're doing this and you're going to get ejected from games that you're doing it. Like if mm-hmm. we catch you in the act, you're gone. I love it, man. Uh, I think that this is a long time coming, but it's also in the cheating sport. Baseball is the cheating sport. We it's so cheating. sad. It's, that's, yeah. the thing, that's the thing that comes with America's pastime, like being like the oldest sport. It's like <laughs> the oldest, <laughs> the most popular. Like it's, it's also come with the most cheating. I mean, it goes all the way back to 1919 and you had the Chicago White Sox players gambling on the games. And so, so it's like, it's just then the steroid era. And now you got essentially for, I think for the whole two thousands, it's been like the, uh, like the pitcher substance yeah. era. Like we've seen pitchers just become so dominant and I I'm sure with all of them, it's not because of that, but like they, they certainly get a lot of action on the ball. Like you saw, they were asking Garrett Cole, like if he's ever used that substance, whatever it was called. And, uh, he gave the most like ambiguous answer. It was so weird. It was so awkward to watch. I felt so uncomfortable, but like, like just say yes. <laughs> right. You, have, you definitely have. You definitely have. So he didn't, he couldn't, he couldn't just come out and say yes. So. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, It's, it's, it's tough. I'm glad that they're starting to do it. I, here's my problem though, with pitchers getting suspended, we're going to suspend you 10 games. So you missed two starts. Yeah. Like, 
big, big whoop. You missed two games, you know, suspend them 25 games. I don't like, yeah. Do, so you missed like five starts or something. Yeah. Two but, ain't much. We normally don't like what a commissioner does, but I like this substance crackdown. That's for sure. I guess uh, Alex Cora, I saw debrief the team today about it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what a role model. What I wonder if we see like Alex ERAs Cora. go up now, if people like stop using the stuff. I wonder, uh, I wonder, I guess we'll see the stats in like a year or two if ERAs actually go up because of it. But is this why there's more no hitters than ever? Just <laughs> Yeah. Is everyone just using substances? I don't know. All right, man. Another question from Joe Braverman. Should Becky Hammond or Kara Lawson be hired as an NBA head coach this season? Um, it's not the popular answer, but I don't think so. I don't think Becky or Kara should get it yet. I love them both. Becky is a phenomenal coach. She's been on the Spurs staff for a while. She's one of the goats in the WNBA. She coaches the uh, Spurs summer league team. I don't think she's going to get uh, a job in this rotation normally with a with a situation like this, especially as being the first female head coach ever. You're not going to get a top job. You're not going to get the Celtics. You're not going to get the Trailblazers. Yeah, You're going to get the Hornets. You're going to get the Pistons. You're not going to get a top team. Unfortunately, you know, whether it's wrong or not, that privilege isn't there. And I love Kara Lawson. She was a Duke. Uh, she was a Celtics assistant. She's now the head coach at Duke women's basketball for the last season. Two reasons. I don't think this is going to happen. One, the only place she could get hired is the Celtics. She has a history there. They love Duke. She's coached for the Celtics, whatever. She has a relationship with them. But second reason, I want her to stay at Duke women's basketball. She's a phenomenal coach. And mm-hmm. as a Duke fan, I passively support the women's team. I want to see Kara at Duke. I love she puts out clips all the time of her talking to and inspiring the players. I just don't think it's happening this cycle. I, I think it's a year or two away from mm-hmm. one of these girls getting the job. And we are seeing women, you know, break into the sport more and more now, which is great. But at the same time, like for a head coaching job, like it's already it's very prestigious and very hard to get. Like you got to be the best of the best. And I could like I could have seen like a Pat Summit getting an NBA coaching job. Like that's you know, it's yes. not to say like they couldn't do it. Like I could see someone like that, like someone as storied as her definitely getting a job. But for now, I don't I don't see this happening. Yeah. And I don't I don't necessarily think that they should right now either. Yeah. Yeah. A couple more years. I think it'll be within the next two years for sure. I think it definitely will. Um, Next question, man. My boy, Jeremy Hatfield. No surprise. He submitted this for me. When will spike ball become an Olympic sport? Summer 2025? Ask Jeremy. Jay, unfortunately, I don't think spike ball will ever be an Olympic sport, but I love spike ball. I play it all the time, dude. There's no better game on the beach with a I, drink in your hand. I tell you what, Taylor, I'm going to, I'm going to go against you. I think it will be one day. I think it will be. You know why? Like my my example for anything being an Olympic sport is that speed walking is an Olympic sport. What? Have you ever have you ever watched speed walking? It like they look like idiots. It's, like still, like like speed Olympics, walking is like an Olympic summer. sport. Yeah, like the Asian countries always dominate. It's like I watched it one year and I was mind blown. So I think I think if that could be an Olympic sport, I think we'll see spike ball. What happens? Which would be you crazy. Jogging. Cause you talk about humble, the, I know, dude, there's like a rule. Like you have to keep like your heel, the toe, like on the ground at all times. What? Like it's crazy. We have to get an Olympic speed walker on the pod. I know. So you talk about <laughs> humble beginnings, uh, spike ball from like shark tank all the way to the Olympics. I, I think it could be done. To the I think moon. it could be done. Cause it's to more advanced. It's more adla- athletic and advanced. Like it's not just like a beach game or a yard game. It's not like ladder ball. It's not like can jam. 
like it is it takes some athleticism mm. to be like really good at spike ball so I think it could get there eventually. It just depends how serious it gets. Jeremy is the best spike ball player I've ever played with or against. So Jeremy, we got to get you on that Olympic roster for 2025. Um, next question, Ryan Barnowski, Bucks or Nets tonight, Pat? Game five. Who do you got winning game five? Pick them. Game five tonight. I go, I go bucks. I don't like, I know we were talking about it. And again, it depends if Harden plays, but uh, I don't think Katie's going to do it all on his own. I think the bucks are kind of coming into their own here. I think they've got it. They not, they've got a little bit of a blueprint. I don't think they have the entire thing, but with just Katie on the court, I think the bucks, I think the bucks will do it tonight. AD, you've always wanted to be LeBron. Go be LeBron team on your back 40, 10 and 10. I'm going nets in Brooklyn. KD by himself. Um, would love to see it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's my prediction for now. We got Jimmy McQuaid. Do you think the Nets winning the series is dependent on Kyrie being out for the series or not? I don't. I think it's dependent on both of those supplemental stars being out. If you're missing Harden and Kyrie, I, I don't think that you have a chance of winning. I think that if Harden comes back in game five or six, I think that the Nets can still win this series for sure. Yeah, I think if it's if it's just Harden and KD or if it was just Kyrie and KD, I think if you have two out of the big three, I think you win this series. Mm. John Marchetti, can the Suns win it all? I'm starting to think so. Yes. Yes, the Suns can win it all, and I think I want them to. I think that's what I know. I'm rooting for. And we mentioned off air, like it's you said in particular, it's about matchups. So I think mm. they can do it. It just depends on who they get. And yes. we were saying – so I said, if it's Suns Bucks, I could definitely see the Suns taking down the Bucks. But if it's yeah. Suns Nets and the Nets are at full capacity, then it's it's Nets all day. So it, it just depends on matchups. But I could definitely see them doing it all. It's not out of the possibility whatsoever. Without a doubt, without a doubt, my girl Rachel Doyle. Um, you said Euros. That's my question. Break it down. We already broke it down. We already told you who's going to win every group. And all I have to do to break down the Euros is it's the World Cup, but for Europe. That's all it is. It's the European World Cup. Next question, Pat, Mike Friel. Do you think that the Red Sox pitching staff can last? He says, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Pat, I if Chris Sale comes back, which he's going to at some point, I think that there's a chance. It's not a good pitching staff. Um, it's not consistent. It's not going to be consistent. And now that they're cracking down on cheating, any advantage that we might have had maybe goes out the window. So I, I don't think the Red Sox pitching staff can keep it up unless we make a big trade or two, which I would love to see. Um, and Chris Sale comes back healthy and as good as ever. That's what it's dependent on. That's been our biggest weakness for the last like five years. I mean, even yeah. with the addition of Chris Sale, like pitching is always our question mark. Our bullpen has been terrible for the last few years. Our starting pitching is always in question. I think, I mean, our offense has been fine for a while now. Like it's our offense is always fine. They're always consistent. We score a decent amount of runs. We just never have the pitching to get us to the next step. So mm. if we did get a change in pitching rotation and if it did last, or if we could just add someone else, we got a real shot. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And then Pat, this is a question for me that I was thinking about, man. What's your celebrity boxing match dream man if you could set up any of these stupid celebrity fights that have been going we got aaron carter getting knocked out by lamar odom we got logan paul versus the goat floyd mayweather like 
who who would you set up if you could set up any celebrity boxing fight? there was there was the tiktok fighters too that there was, yep. i mean there's been so that many this guy get, just this past weekend out. yeah bryce all got knocked out that was awesome two guys from phase i think were boxing like two, i don't remember their names but it was like i think phase jarvis was one of them and then i don't remember the other guy but yeah i mean it was Oh, I, all right. So you're gonna have to give me a second to think about yeah, that celebrity good, celebrity dream boxing match. Did you already have one in mind? I honestly don't, but I was thinking like, honestly, I'd love to see some politicians get in there just because that would be pure comedy on TV. Um, <laughs> I would love their athletes that I would love, love to see fight. I mean, but, but yeah, dude, the, the world's your oyster with this question, Pat. You could go, you could go Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz fighting both Paul brothers in the same night, you know, like we, we could set it up older brother, younger brother. Like we got options, you know, <laughs> my mind, I always think about, I've thought about this question before. I always want to throw like Brock Lesnar in the mix, just <laughs> against yeah, like dude. any celebrity, like Brock Lesnar and a politician or something. Or Joe yeah. Rogan against someone. Uh, Joe Dude, Rogan was like Joe a black belt in Taekwondo. Some... Black belt in Taekwondo and black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Joe Rogan needs to do a celebrity match, dude. That would I know that's huge. not boxing, but that would be crazy. He definitely wouldn't do it because, I mean, most of his his best game is kicking and then ground. Like, he's not really a boxer. So. Right, he's like but 52. I would go Brock Lesnar <laughs> against, I don't, I mean. The Rock. The Rock, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of like. Any just anybody like Brock Lesnar versus anybody is going to be dude. That I saw I saw someone in say, boxing too. I saw someone say AOC versus like I forget it was some like Republican woman. <laughs> it was like AOC versus uh... versus like Tommy Lauren or whatever. Dude, are dude, you kidding was, me? That, that she's so uh, crazy. She's that obnoxious. Paper, that pay per view would go crazy, dude. <laughs> That's I, I, yeah. I would love to see a Tom Brady fight too. Like I'd I'd watch Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers all day, every day. Tiger versus Phil, dude. Like the with their the, <laughs> boxing, not options. even just golf, boxing. <laughs> endless options, Pat. All right, all right. Let's move before on. we move on. Right, I did I did my I did a little research. So uh, let's go. Let's see. So with a uh, Olympic Olympic Games race walking. <laughs> so there is a. <laughs> there is a men's 20 kilometer and a men's 50 kilometer and then a women's Ooh. 20 kilometer. The Olympic record was set in 2012 for the men's 20 kilometer for an hour and 18 minutes and 46 seconds. 20. Dude, kilometers. That's like, that's like running though, because <laughs> they do their speed. Walking, though. Like I'm telling you, you got to do yourself a favor and watch a clip because they dude a 20. They like shake their ass miles. when they, they like just to go like they generate as much hip movement as possible and they like literally just shake their ass while they're walking. It's they got the it's so it. funny. Dude, yeah. Dude, a 20k is 12 miles. A 50k is 31 miles. Like that's nuts. <laughs> Some guy did 50 kilo how much is 50 kilometers? 31.1. A 5k is 311. <laughs> this guy did 50 kilometers and Three hours, thirty-six minutes, fifty-three seconds. Dude, that's a nine-minute pace. That's running. That's what I do. Every, that's my jogging pace. What? Yeah, and they uh, they did it walking. So just a little, uh, just a little history for you. Uh, the that's first amazing. men's event came at the nineteen oh eight London Olympics. We're clipping this, Pat, because this is unbelievable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I new, new, uh, new segment. Just weird sports from the past. <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh, weird sports that are either in the Olympics or that were once a sport. Might have to be a new segment, man. 
we'll think about it listeners tell us how you feel dude let us know if you want the uh the weird sports i really like that let's do it (laughs) i kind of like it too speed walking was uh speed walking is pretty comical i'm getting we're getting one on the pod we're getting one on the pod (laughs) all right all right right, most of them probably don't speak english that's the problem all right. Well, we might be representing the U.S. in the next next Olympics in speed walking. We might have to qualify, Pat. We might well, maybe we can learn the language through one of these books that you're going to tell us about. That's a perfect That's segue. Fair. That's fair. But before we do that segue, got to get some more breaking news. And James Harden, active for Game Five. Let's go. Oh, there we go. That'll be a better game. That's all day. Dude, I could give you a million ultra running books and hiking books and everything. So why don't we get on? To our little ad from Book Thinkers before we get on to what we've learned. So if you read personal development books, you got to go check out Book Thinkers. You guys already know, but this company is dedicated to helping you fulfill your life through books. And every single day on Instagram and every single week on the podcast, this team over at Book Thinkers is going to help you discover new books and new mentors that are going to help you achieve more and live better. That's the important part. These books help you live better, man. So please head on over to Instagram and type in book thinkers. It'll pop up Their Their social growth has been crazy. They're over 120,000 followers. Now, please check them out on Instagram. Please go to bookthinkers.com and learn about their mission. It's a fantastic group. Check them out y'all. But now it's time to get on to what we've learned, Pat. So why don't you tell us what you learned this week, man? I would say I just, I've just been doing, I'm like, I'm obsessed now, but I was looking up just weird sports that we got plenty. We could go through. That's we're oh, totally, we're totally doing it. You're not but, sleeping uh, tonight. You're going to be up to like, two if you're listening to yeah. YouTube, <laughs> don't look it up. Cause we'll ruin it for the episodes. Just if you're listening, we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get to your favorite one. If you look them up, but uh, my, what we've, what I've learned is just usually it's like, honestly, like what I'm reminded of, but especially just every time a big tournament comes international soccer is something special. It's just different. Like I know the champions league final is like huge, especially man city was in it this year, but there's just something about international soccer. And I know like it's, it's awesome when we get to the lot, we get to watch the U S play. Obviously we didn't in the last world cup, but I think the next world cup we'll get to watching the U S will be special. Like I remember watching in a bar and, you know, Jermaine Jones scored against Portugal from like, outside the 18 and it was unreal like everyone went nuts it was so fun so how old were you where you were in a bar watching the like all right so i wasn't well that wasn't at a bar (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't at a bar i was uh i was in the bar section at buffalo wild wings but i wasn't i mean what was that 20 what what year was that was that 2014 yeah yeah so i I wasn't old (laughs) i was like pat (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i didn't get i didn't get to high yeah so I, i was like a sophomore yeah i was a sophomore in high school Cause I remember watching like uh, I watched Belgium versus somebody in health class. I remember my, my health teacher just turned it on. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like we're just going to watch soccer today on the projector. It was awesome. So we, we didn't learn about anything. We uh, But that's what I'm talking about though. International soccer. Like it just, it's special. Even in the U S I remember. And again, that same day we watched or not the same day, but we watched Germany trounce the U S in class. Like we watched Germany versus the U S and they lost, but we got to watch it in class. So international soccer is just awesome. It's like, even if you don't like soccer, like I feel like you could still get behind the U S yeah. Club soccer is unbelievable, but international soccer, man, it's, it's so different. cool. It's, it's so cool. It, it's just the culmination of everything. You ask any player if they want it, if they'd rather win for their club or their country, it's their country a hundred percent of the time. I mean, 
it's it is special man you are so right you are and so you, right. and you see like the ultra competitive rosters like england germany like you see how much it means to the guys who actually make it like in the u.s you know like we, we it's not as deep but yeah. obviously the guys who still get caps at the national level are it's special for them but like those ultra competitive and like where it's just been around since they were kids like england yeah. it's it's awesome to see Dude, like like Benzema getting called into the France squad for the first time in six years after you know? so long. Like, and the whole team was like hugging him at the training ground and stuff. It's yeah, it's it's cool. Special, man. Special. What I learned this week, Pat, is, dude, honestly, we keep talking about the Suns, man, and CP3. But if CP3 wins a ring this year, his any knock against him in his entire career, it's gone. Wipe it all clean, man. Like. If there are no knocks against CP3 ever again, if he wins this championship, like what he's done with this Suns team and the way he's turned them around and led this team in every which way, dude, on the court, off the court, in the locker room, CP3 is doing something special. And this, if he wins this year, man, it catapults him into that top three to four point guard conversation. It really does. I think Magic, Oscar, and Steph are the top three all time. But CP3 can move past Isaiah Thomas. CP3 can move past John Stockton. CP3 can move past Jerry West. And I think that if he wins a championship, he's done that. I would probably have him as my fourth point guard all time. And, man, his, his legacy is wiped clean. And anything you could say about CP3, it's over. It's over. This dude's unbelievable. Yeah, and I saw some – I think it was Skip Bayless said, like, he's not even sure Chris Paul's a top 10 point guard of all time. <sighs> which is that's a tough take but like as i mean if he wins a ring there's no way that can be the same case still if he leads the sun's team i i, I know he's got help i know he's got d book i know he's got deandre and all these other role players but like he is leading that team and if they win a ring you gotta have him in the top 10 you got to. if he leads the suns to a championship and two-time mvp steve nash couldn't do it on the suns the don't phoenix. tell me he's not better than nash <laughs> Phoenix Suns, dude. Tell me he's not the better Phoenix than Nash Suns. all time. Like <laughs> the Phoenix Suns winning a ring is something I did not think I would see. Definitely not in my twenties. Right. I didn't even think about my thirties. <laughs> yeah, like it, the franchise has not been good. No man, no. But this this is special. What's going on right now, Pat? But hey, man, that wraps up the show. And uh, you know, it's another fun one, man. Episode twenty five, Pat. Tomorrow's six months of podcasts. Tomorrow's half a year, man. 26. That's pretty crazy. But it's been wonderful, man. It's next week. Where, yeah, dude. Yeah. And episode. I'll be here for that. I'll be here for the half uh, the half year mark, but I won't be there for the week after that. Hey, man, that's all right. You got a vacation. You got to get a little time off, you know, <laughs> but Pat, man, it's been fun as always, man. We appreciate every single like, comment, subscription, follow, dude, all that nonsense, you know. Every, every week we track how many listeners we get and we really do appreciate your time. We It's valuable and, you know, we don't want to take it for granted. So thank you for spending this hour, hour and a half with us. And uh, yeah, continue to like, subscribe, comment, and give us those reviews, positive things only, please. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys out there, man. So thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Every single one means a lot. What Chandler said. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Peace. You are listening to Right Off the Bus.